powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, This morning I'm reading from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 16. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same thing those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their efforts to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they might be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. Thanks, Nicola. Morning, all. I am encouraged to uh, be with you this morning, and we are looking at uh, a sort of an extra last bit of our Everyday Evangelism series. Before I do get started, though, uh, just a heads up for next week, we are starting a new series called Alive, and this is going to lead us into Easter, and it's gonna, I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to be thinking about when we live lives according to the concrete things we see and do every day, Uh, We're also called as Christians to think about living in eternity. And how do we do that? How do we live? How do we live 
in, uh, in, a, in mind of eternity, but also uh, in the world now. And we're going to be looking at martyrs uh, every week as we go through. So we're really looking forward to starting that series uh, next week. Uh, but this morning, as we think about uh, this passage, as we think about everyday evangelism, I've been really encouraged. Uh, I've been encouraged by uh, the way that people have uh, thrown themselves in uh, to growing in evangelism and, you know, going into uncomfortable situations. I don't know if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about tea bags. do you remember? Someone from the other congregation said that they uh, were helping someone else collect tea bags, and they went and actually shared with that person, but that actually led on to gospel conversation. So I was like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, evangelism is so important, isn't it? Because it not only makes a difference for us eternally, for our friends to actually have eternal life with Christ, it makes a difference into everyday life now. Christ makes a difference, and us being able to share that has a huge impact. So we're going to continue thinking through that and looking at this passage. So I'm going to pray. If you would pray with me that God's Word would speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, as we continue uh, this final sermon on thinking about everyday evangelism, some practical helps, we pray that your Word would speak to us, convict us, encourage us, transform us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're jumping to, uh, this morning we're jumping to this letter from Paul uh, to the Thessalonian church. Uh, uh, Thessalon- I'm going to say this wrong because it's early morning. Thessaloniki, I looked up, is a place in Greece. I looked it up and frankly, it looks really beautiful. It's by the ocean. And I thought, I'd like to go there, sit in a little cafe and eat fish and drink Greek coffee. And it looks pretty nice if anyone's been there. Um, Paul, uh, you can read about Paul, Silas, and Timothy going to this place, Thessalonica, uh, as missionaries, looking to bring the gospel. Uh, It was a largely Greek place. You can read about it in Acts 17, Paul and his companions going there. Um, Paul, as was his custom, went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. Uh, This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said, and many Jews were persuaded, but also a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a number of prominent women. So Paul and his companions go to this town, they start, they they share, uh, and people get converted. And Paul was staying with his mate Jason. I think there's a Jason here this morning. I met it. So Jason, you can remember this. Paul and his mates were staying at Jason's house. But the problem was... One of the things they shared was that Jesus was king and many of the Jews and others got really upset because they knew that Caesar was king. And so they stood up great trouble. They come to Jason's house to get Paul and his companions. Paul actually has to leave. And so this letter, these two letters to the Thessalonians, Paul is writing to them, encouraging them. And as he does... He gives uh, some window into 
what it was like, he looks back, what it was like uh, when he first came, what was the message, how did he conduct himself uh, as he came. And that's what we're going to have a look at in chapter 2. As we do that, there's three things. If you want to know where we're going, there's three things. Because I think when I read this passage, there's three observations, heaps of observations, but three about evangelism I actually think are really helpful for us. Building relationships, sharing the gospel, and bringing people into community. So let's have a look. We're going to have a think about building relationships. In 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7, he says, We were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her, her children, so we cared for you. We loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. You remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship, we worked day and night in order not to be a burden while we preached the gospel. And you witnessed us, and so is God, that we were holy, righteous, and blameless amongst you. Here's Paul and Silas and Timothy going in, and they're going in, and they're building relationship. They spent that time investing. And out of that, I don't know if this was their strategy, they actually grew to love and care for one another. It was really beautiful. Uh, we were sharing this passage at Manor the other night, and it was really cool because you can see the family imagery that Paul uses. He says, uh, you know, we were like a mother. You're my brothers and sisters. We were like a father to you. It went from the relationship built and built and got closer as a family. And I love verse 8. They not only shared their gospel, but they shared their lives. It wasn't just coming in and staying in the synagogue and, you know, but actually they got involved in each other's lives as they shared the gospel uh, with each other. And it was really important for Paul. Paul recognized how important living out the gospel was. You know, he says, We worked hard to be holy and righteous and blameless because we know as we're sharing, as you get to know us, you're going to see that gospel at work. They went in with intention, gospel intention, but they, they genuinely cared and loved each other as they built relationships. And it's a real encouragement for me, for us, to say, as we think about evangelism, I want to encourage us this morning that one of the key things that we can uh, observe from this is being able to build relationship. Uh, with each other, being able to build relationship with those that don't know Christ. We don't always share this up the front, but it's so important, and we absolutely need to value it. It means for us continuing to be in spaces with people who aren't Christ followers. Continue to just spend time with people. I'm convinced, whether it's family or friends or workmates or, or people you don't know, if you spend enough time with them, it takes more energy, it'll take more energy to, to not share that you're a Christian than to share that you are. Um, I'm convinced that, you know, just spending time with people is 90% of the game. It might take energy, it might take reprioritizing, um, but it's worth doing. Uh, one of the practical ways it plays out uh, is someone might say to you, hey, let's just go to dinner. Let's go to the movies. Let's, let's hang out. And you might say, oh, I can't. I've got this. I've got this. I'm the king of this. I get task focused. I can't do that tonight because I've got this thing tomorrow. Sometimes I have to go, Ugh. nah, I'm going to go spend time with people. 
So if someone invites you to a party, say yes. Go, go hang out. Um, build relationships, but also strengthen those existing connections. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be somebody's best friend, okay? But love people, spend time with them. Um, make new connections. Think about, you know, how do I continue building those connections at work, online, in my travels? Maybe you think long term, what area will I live in? What school will I send my kids to? Some of you might go, oh no, Langdon's talking about building relationships. I'm an introvert. I can't, oh, that, that'll wipe me out, that'll kill me. You might have to have a lie down afterwards. Sure, that's okay. Go do that. Unless you're a crazy extrovert like me and you just do it all day long. Whatever, however you are. But it encourages me to go, I, to in, keep on investing, to keep on encouraging us to go, let's keep on building relationships, strengthening existing ones, building new ones. And it makes me ask some questions. Do I value spending time with others? Does it make me feel guilty if I do or I don't? For some of us, it might be, I'm doing lots of stuff. I'm doing lots of church stuff. And we can build all these things into our lives and never have the time to spend time uh, with our non-believing uh, friends and family. That's the first one, building relationships. Let's have a look at another one, sharing the gospel. Have a look in uh, verse 13. Paul writes this, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, urging, comforting, sorry, encouraging, comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Paul and Silas and Timothy weren't just about building relationships, they were about sharing the gospel. I love that language, Comf encouraging, comforting, urging. You get a sense of they're doing it in all the ways. You know, it wasn't just here it is, but it's constant conversations, constant encouragement, time to answer questions, time to urge, time to in keeping on encouraging. Uh, in verse 13, we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. And we've seen this play out in the last couple of sermons as well. Romans says, faith comes from hearing the message. They were so intent on looking for the opportunities to communicate the gospel. And they, when they accepted it, they didn't accept it as, because Paul said so, or Silas or Timothy said so. They accepted it as the word of God. There's so much in our culture where we're encouraged to trust people, aren't we? We're encouraged, trust that real estate agent because they'll help you buy or sell your house. Trust that celebrity because they'll tell you which product to get, you know. Trust that news person because they're the ones I can trust. Everything is about trusting that person. But we're actually encouraging, when we share the word of God, not to trust a person as such, to trust in the Lord Jesus, to trust God, to trust the Word of God. And they recognize it uh, as the Word of God that calls them into their king the kingdom, and they accept it. They take it in. This is what it does. And it's an encouragement for us, because I think the, uh, the second thing that evangelism, I guess, means for us here is at some level we need to be communicating the gospel. And I'm just really, again, excited and thankful 
um, that uh, for those who've done the everyday evangelism training in their life group or on the Tuesday nights have been, or in other ways, have been willing to grow in that. And you might go, are they always talking about evangelism here at Fig Tree? Yeah, we are. Because um, we keep on need that encouragement and that training. For us, it means being able to share the gospel in crisis times, maybe in those unexpected opportunities or when someone asks us a question, why do you do that? Why, why do you do that strange behavior? We can give an answer for the hope that we have, which we encourage for us. It makes me ask the question as we're encouraged to share the gospel, do I believe that the gospel will make a difference in someone's life? Because if I don't believe that, I'm not going to share it. Maybe that's a question for us this morning. Am I equipped enough? Do I need encouragement? Do I believe it's going to make a difference? If I'm not sharing, maybe that's something I have to grapple with. We need to encourage each other to continue to be sharing the gospel. How do we do that? Um, one of the first things I just encourage is, do people know you're a Christian? Have you told people you're a Christian? Do they know? We can create opportunities to share the gospel. Um, we can ask people, can I, can I just read the Bible with you? We're going to talk about that later in the year. Can we join a ministry? We have ministries that you can join. We actually want people to join, and they'll give you a context for people to meet to be able to share the gospel. Maybe it's manner. You can come and join our God spot. Or join the soccer team. You can build a relationship and share the gospel. Or Christianity Explored. Or maybe not even in a you don't even need an official fig tree ministry. You can just do it as a group or by yourself. Uh, maybe you need more equipping. Uh, maybe you want to be creative. Maybe you're a filmmaker, a songwriter, or a, or a, a video game maker, or, or a, a story writer. Maybe you can go online. In all the ways, in all the ways, let us keep on communicating the good news of Jesus. But there's more about sharing the gospel in chapter 1. Have a look at this. This is so cool. Uh, Paul writes, uh, this is in chapter 1, verse 4, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Paul recognized that when he shared and they came to Christ, it wasn't just because of him, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, down uh, in verse 9 and 10, this is the result. They tell how you turned from, to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. As Paul shared the gospel, people came to Christ. And in their context, they came to Christ under the midst of great persecution. Um, this area in Greece was a place, uh, the Greek people worshipped many gods. And uh, if my friend, let's say I live next door to Dave, right? We live next door to each other. Suppose Dave becomes a Christian and I don't. I worship all the gods, many gods, it's like paying taxes. If my neighbor Dave starts worshiping Christ, I start getting a little scared because he's not worshiping the gods. He's going to bring the wrath of the gods on him. That might have an effect on me. That might wreck my crops. That might wreck my livelihood. I'm getting pretty upset. How dare you not worship the gods? And there was great persecution to the Christians. 
much persecution uh, to do that. And Paul is saying, in spite of the suffering you faced, in spite of the persecution, you didn't just take it as my word, you turned from those idols to the living God. That's not just the power in Paul, that is the power of God work. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. For us, we need to recognize that when we share, we can't convert, we can't convict. This is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. But for us, we need to keep praying for our friends, keep praying for our families. I know that many of you have friends and family you've been praying for for years and years. I do too. We need to keep persevering in that. Keep on trusting that God is going to work. He's the only one that can do that. So it really encourages us to be sharing the gospel and trusting that Christ, that, uh, through the Holy Spirit, is going to bring people to conviction. The last one, the last observation I want to make is bringing people into community. Have a look at this. Uh, as Paul and Silas and Timothy shared the gospel, it made an impact into that community. Paul writes in verse 14, For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ. You suffered from your own people the same thing those churches suffered from the Jews. As they heard the gospel, as they turned from idols, they took it on, it made an impact in their lives. So much so that uh, other churches uh, heard about it, but also uh, others in the community. In one, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. People around the church, people around them knew of the impact of the gospel because they shared the gospel, but they also saw the gospel impact in their own lives. The gospel was seen by observing the community. People get to see the gospel at work when they see it in community. And so it's really important for us, my encouragement is, for us, is a part of our evangelism, we need to be encouraging people to come into our community, come in and see the gospel at work. Um, this really probably brought it home to me in COVID. Uh, I have some friends that I got to read the Bible with and share with, but because it was locked down, and this is the way it was, we made the best of it, it was only me they were really hearing it from and seeing it at work in. And that's hopefully great. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But they don't get to see how I relate. They don't get to see how others relate, how others uh, do that. There's a lot to be seen of how the gospel plays out in each other's lives that helps bear witness to the gospel. So it's really encouraging uh, for people to come and see that. And so for us that means, what can we do to bring people into the community of God's people? What can we do to help people come and see? It means... We can invite people to church, invite people to the men's events, women's events, combined events, to the services, to the life groups, to when you guys are going out for dinner. Invite people into the gospel community. And again, it makes me ask questions. The one question we've got to keep on asking is, are we a community centered around the gospel? When people hang out with us, do they recognize that it's the gospel that unites us? And here's probably the other big question to ask. Do we feel comfortable inviting people into our community? 
is, there, is church a place that you would invite somebody? Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm, I'm not inviting someone into our community for whatever reason? And if, it, if there is something that stops us, I encourage us, be a part of how we can change that, how we can make it a part uh, of that. And we're never perfect. We're not a perfect community in any way, but we get to invite people in to see the gospel at work. So I want to encourage us with these three observations, building relationships, sharing the gospel, and bringing people into community. I want to share these today because I think these are really helpful for us. They're different. Um, I think uh, probably sharing the gospel is a bit different to the others. If I just build relationships with someone, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get to come to Christ. If I just bring someone into the community, it doesn't mean people come to Christ by osmosis or something like that. People come to Christ through hearing the gospel. As we said, Romans says faith comes from hearing the message. So sharing the gospel is really important. But I also recognize that at church, sometimes we've emphasized or we've communicated sharing the gospel. And sometimes people reflect back to us. It makes me feel like building relationships isn't important uh, or bringing people into the community isn't important. I want to put these three here because I want to say they're really important too. So much so that I want to share this with you. This is... Uh, Jordan's put this together as a graphic. It, it, you can also find it, uh, there's a book called Total Church where uh, a very similar uh, model of this comes out, though we're very different in other ways. Um, but we want to emphasize that building relationships, sharing the gospel and bringing people into community are really helpful ways for us to think about evangelism at Fig Tree. You're going to see this graphic again. Um, they're all really important. These three strands... Help us know how to pray, how to value, and how to practice evangelism. It's not, uh, there's no order to them. Uh, it's not one or the other. I like to think of it as different pots on the stove. Now, I know in this church we have some wonderful cooks, and I've been blessed by them. I'm not one of them. One of my issues with cooking is like my timing is always wrong. Because not only you've got to cook stuff, you've got to like do it and it all comes together on it so you can put it on the plate at the same time. I'm always doing like a course here and a course here and then course here because I'm just trying to multitask and you know. You, you, get, you keep your different pots going on the stove, don't you, when you're cooking. Some things are slow cooking. Some things happen really quick. And when you're cooking, you don't do one and then the other and then the other. You do different things at once. You multitask. And I think maybe that's a helpful analogy to help us think about these aspects of evangelism. Um, they're continual things we're, we're continuing to do. We're always look, being intentional about who can I be building relationships with? How can I be doing that? You know, who am I sharing? The, you know, is there an option to share the gospel, be involved in gospel communication? You know, who can I invite uh, into our community? We do little things. Sometimes we focus more on one or the other at different times, but we, we do these different things. I want to encourage us with this. I think it's helpful because sometimes I think we also go, you know what, Langdon, I'm, I'm not good at any of these, so I'm not doing it at all. It's not my gift. Um, it's not my calling. These are things we're all called uh, to do. Uh, we're all called... You know, Robin talked a couple of weeks ago about big E evangelists. Or, you know, evangelism in, in Ephesians talks about an evangelist as an equipper. But we're all called to be 
witnesses. We're all called to be involved in the gospel, you know. Some people might say, oh, uh, you know, Langdon, uh, you know, I can, I, I can do one, I can do building relationships, but, I, you know, I don't know if I've got time to do them all. I want to encourage us. Some might be really hard for you. Some might be really, they might all be easy for you. But I guess my encouragement is this morning, I'd, I'd love us to go, not, I'm not doing it because it's not my thing, but to go, you know what? These are areas I can grow. Can I grow in building relationships? Can I grow in being able to share the gospel? And again, I love people that people have been throwing themselves into training and growing. Can I grow in how to invite someone into our community? These are all areas we can keep on growing, and that's what we want us to do. Keep on growing. Keep on looking to the, the, the Spirit and prayer to do that. How can we grow? Why is this important? Let me tie this all in. Because this is what God did for us. God sent the Lord Jesus. Our Colossians says he was the visible expression of the visible God. God wanted us to have relationship with him. He wanted us to know him. And he sent Jesus so we can know who God is. God sent Jesus to build relationships with us. But it's also through Christ, through his life, death, burial, resurrection that we are brought into relationship with God. Jesus is that gospel message for us. So God sent Jesus to build relationship, to bring us the good news so that we can come into his community, so that we as a, God's people can be with him forever and ever. I mean, I love it summed up in this beautiful prayer uh, from the Lord Jesus at the end of John's Gospel. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's us, that they, all of them, may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Jesus' ministry was to bring us all together. And this is what someone did for you and me. Someone, whether a family member, uh, whether a friend, Maybe it's happening now as spending time building relationship with us. Spent time sharing the gospel. Spent time bringing us to church, dragging us along to, to hear a Christian talk, inviting us to things to get to know people. That's what someone did for me. That's why I get to, to know Christ too. May it be an encouragement for us to remember these three strands, building relationships, sharing the gospel, and bringing people into community so we can be about that too. Let me close in prayer for us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the way that in our own lives, people took the time to know us. People took the time to help us understand the gospel. People took the time to make us welcome, to bring us into to church community. And Father, we thank you so much for that, and we thank you for the way that the Lord Jesus did that too, through his coming, his death, and his resurrection, that we have that hope of being together with the Father too. So Father, I pray as we end this evangelism series, we'll be encouraged to be about building relationships, sharing the gospel, and bringing people into our church. Help us to do that by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.